Glasgow Conversations. Meet the people energising our culture today. So, welcome to Glasgow Conversations. I'm Scott Dogerty, the Top 10 Glasgow Guide, and I'm here today with Liz Scobie, Chair of the, the West End Festival. So, thanks for coming on today. Pleasure. Uh, it's an exciting day today, so do you want to tell me a bit about what's been happening? Well, it's an exciting day because um, we are launching the 20th West End Festival. Happy birthday. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and delightfully, the sun's out. So Excellent. that's always a Fantastic good omen. Day. When, uh, when the brochure comes out, the sun's shining, that's usually a good sign for what will happen in June. That's right, that's right. So this is a, the 20th year. How did you get involved? Um, well, I was invited to join the board probably in about year two or three. Okay. I should also say that I, before that, participated at the West End Festival. Um, I did a, a concert at Cottier's Theatre with a, a friend singing, both of us singing, um, and then just shortly after that was invited to join the board. The performance I had, was that good? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, maybe it was to stop me singing at other events. <laughs> um, but I had known Michael Dale, yes. um, who is the, the programme director of the festival. We'd worked together previously. So, um, yeah, I was invited to join the board about 18 years ago and... I've been chairman, I think, for the last chairman. five or six years. Well, yeah, chairman to me is the job title. Yes, that's right, that's right. And what does that entail? Is it a year-round thing, or do you get a break after the the, the last year's festival? Well, it is actually a, a year-long commitment, and I should say that everybody on the board, all the the directors and the board, are volunteers. Sure. So it's a big commitment of time. We're generally kind of looking after the strategy and finances of the the festival but um, virtually the minute the last event happens at the end of June we're still involved obviously um, tidying up the the festival and immediately involved in in planning next year's event which of course will be our 21st that's right that's right and of course this year we had a first in um, January and February by introducing a winter fest event um, run by the, the Western Festival, which was the Electric Gardens right. at the Botanic Gardens. Was Hopefully, a, you got along to see uh, that. Yeah, Scott. Did indeed, it was absolutely stunning. It was quite yeah. magical, really, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, what, what was the, the rationale behind that? Well, one of the the driving um, reasons for doing it was to raise some income to pay for the summer festival. Sure. Um, in recent years, the funding has has reduced quite dramatically. I mean, we, we have a, a very small budget yes. um, anyway, and at the same time as that, costs for road closures, you know, for the parade, um, security, policing have all risen. Yes. Um, so we had to look for means of of raising some income really to, to keep the particularly the parade sustainable Sure, and for, for people that didn't go to the Electric Gardens do you want to tell us a, a wee bit about what happened? Of course, um, the Botanic Gardens of course is, is one of the most beautiful parks in the city, absolutely glorious um, with the showpiece Victorian um, greenhouse, the Kimball Palace and for three weeks um, in winter we illuminated the gardens, so there were lights and we had some fire performers, 
all round the, the, the trees and gardens, which meant that people could come along um, in the early evening when it, it was dark and just take a walk um, round and, and see all the, the illuminations and some of the showpiece um, events that we had, sure. which was a first. You know, the, the Botanic Gardens and indeed all the, the public parks generally close um, at dusk in the winter, which is, is between four and five. So this was a first for people to be able to walk around in the dark, yep. illuminated, That's in safety right. and, and see something quite special. And, and we had sound effects, you know, under the, the tunnel and um, certainly the feedback we got was very, very positive mm-hmm. and something that all ages could enjoy. Definitely. There was a lot of families there and it was very well attended. Yeah, so yeah I mean, literally parents were pushing buggies sure. with um, young children and people that, that said they're generally in the park every day walking their dog <laughs> suddenly saw it in a completely different light although because of the fire we, the, we didn't have any dogs there but for guide dogs <laughs> that's right that's right and it, given how successful that is, is are you planning to do something similar next year yes um we are because i think you know that this year was a pilot yes um it was a success we were lucky with the weather um, you know, if, for example, we had gone for November, December, if you remember, yes. it was very, very stormy. That's right. Um, so although we had a, a, a nice light falling of snow, that actually just added to the mysticism exactly. of the very atmospheric. Yeah. 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 But yeah. at least it, um, the weather didn't um, affect us in, in terms of having to, to stop the event. Sure. Brilliant. So looking back at... Um, the time when you came on board um, all those years ago. How do you think the, the festival compares today to what it was like back then? Well, when we started at first, um, it was literally a long weekend. That was the West End Festival. And we did have a, a small carnival parade um, with a kind of temporary closure um, down Barge Road. It has certainly grown enormously over the, the past two decades. Um, if you're familiar with the, the Mardi Gras Carnival yes. Street Parade and Party that happens on Festival Sunday, um, and I should say this year it's Sunday the 7th of June, for Next those one. that want to get it in the diary. My birthday. <laughs> oh, good. You won't, you won't forget it. Then you can get all your friends That's around to, to buy you a drink yeah, um, at the, the parade. Um, so now we have, oh, about 500 plus participants from all over um, Samba bands. We, we actually are also involved in community arts programmes, working with people from all over the city um, to make, learn how to make these costumes. Sure. Um, funnily enough, I, I was just looking at the workshop this morning, going through there, and seeing some of the great makes that are, are getting ready for, for this year's parade. Um, and we also, through community arts programmes work with um, teaching people samba drumming right. uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so more and more people want to get involved and uh, again you ask is it an all year event I mean costumes are getting made from January yes. um, onwards so a lot of work goes into to particularly these very big makes um, to be ready for the beginning of June. Sure, sure. And you say you're, you're going city wide as far as uh, you know getting things made and mm-hmm. pulling in acts and what have you. 
um, it was always like that, or was it originally just um, sourcing everything from the West End and that kind of idea? Well, it did start local um, uh, when it was a much smaller scale, but it has spread. And I mean, previously we've had drum bands come over from France, Brighton, London, the north of England, who all want to come over and be part of what they've heard is quite a spectacular event. So it's got that global almost reputation. Well, we've certainly got a bit of international reputation and I know some of the events that we've run in the festival also, I don't know if you remember the the big Three Bill and Sebastian concert that we had in the Botanics, which again was amazing. We know from from emails that we received afterwards and inquiries beforehand, we certainly had people travelling from Europe, from Scandinavia to come to that event, which it's fantastic. That's right, that's right. And what about the, the impact of the festival over the years on things like, you know, the um, the visitors and the, the um, obviously the businesses in the area as well? Well, we're working very closely now with um, a newly formed group, which is the Byers Road Traders Association, um, who you probably know have been involved in a bid yes. application, a business improvement district, sure. which has been successful. And certainly there is no doubt, and we know this from the feedback we get from the traders, it is virtually um, the biggest day of the year yeah. from them in terms of trade. Um, I mean, is this the parades? You're, you're certainly parade yeah. uh-huh. day is, is the biggest day in the, of the year is the feedback that we get. And you can see that just by the numbers. Yeah. You know, Police estimates have been up to 100,000 people yeah. attend um, the parade, obviously depending on the weather. Obviously, <laughs> um, and of course the the local traders get right into the atmosphere, you know, with barbecues and um, doing special menus and special West End Festival cocktails, etc. We've had, um, but I think not just parade. I think throughout the the month of June, there's just a lot of activity. Clearly, in in many venues throughout the West End. And certainly we know of people that travel um, from beyond the West End quite regularly to come to these events. Sure, sure. Uh, And talking about the parade then, if people haven't been there uh, and seen it, uh, it's known obviously as the second uh, largest outside Notting Hill. Uh, Do you want to to describe what normally happens and what's happening this year? Okay, well, the the parade itself will kick off around 3pm. Um, and it starts at the Botanic Gardens, and you likened it to, to Notting Hill. It certainly is recognised as, as the second largest in the UK, most certainly the largest in, Gla- in Scotland. And you will see lots of amazing, colourful costumes, lots of samba bands, and it meanders and snakes its way down a closed Bowers Road, um, which of course is the spine of of the West End, um, and takes quite a while to uh, make its way up to Kelvin Grove Park, where it then um, stops, but the music doesn't stop. There's usually lots of of entertainment and drumming still going on um, around Kelvin Grove. And how many are taking part in it this year? This year, I believe, we've got over 500. Wow. So it's it's a fantastic um, number. But, you know, that's 500 people that are involved in making costumes, rehearsing for, for drumming. And some of these makes are extremely large and heavy. Yep. Um, so that also means we need 
lots of volunteers handing out water throughout the, <laughs> just like the marathon, <laughs> um, handing out bottles of water throughout the duration of the parade sure. um, to make sure that people are properly hydrated. But we have all ages take part in the parade. Which is great. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And obviously, uh, looking at the parade, there's a lot of things happening to the left and the right of it, mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of it as well. And a lot of people think, um, well, certainly outside the West End as well, that that's all the West End festival is. It's just a parade. But do you want to tell me why that's not the case? It's certainly not the case. We have um, a program. The dates of the, the full festival are Friday the 5th of June, right through to the last weekend, Sunday the 28th of June. We've got over 400 separate events in over 80 different venues. Is that um, the biggest yet? It kind of matches, uh-huh. yeah. Um, it, it's certainly broader and more eclectic, um, I think, year on year. Um, and the, now, really, we have a number of mini festivals within the big festival. Um, we've got a very strong singing programme. I think we've got about 25 choirs sure. um, doing concerts, which is a big is that number. community choirs? And it's a mixture. Yeah. We've got um, Scotland's largest choral group, the RSNO, the Royal Scottish National Orchestra Chorus, which I might add, I'm singing with. Oh, fantastic. This year. Letting you <laughs> We're doing a concert in St Mary's Cathedral. We've got the City of Glasgow Chorus. We've got the, the Glasgow Chamber Choir and lots of other groups, community choirs and, and choral groups and children's choirs. So that's a strong programme this year. Our literary programme is very, very good. Right. And we have, for example, um, our own national poet, the the, the Macher, Liz Lockhead, will be at Ormore um, on June the 9th with Steve Ketley and a new show and folk legend, Peggy Seagull, will be also at Ormore on June the 27th. Brilliant. Um, A couple of biggies. We've got a world premiere on the opening day, Friday the 5th of June. Scottish soprano Louise MacDonald um, will be singing newly commissioned songs by a couple of contemporary celebrated composers including Judith Bingham and Eddie Maguire and these are set to words um, which were in letters which have been recently discovered, new letters written by Mary Queen of Scots Mm -hmm. so that's going to be um, well, a world premiere is always a, a biggie, yeah. <laughs> but that's June the 5th, um, so Friday June the 5th at the Macintosh Church. Right. And we've also got John Rutter, who's one of the world's most successful composers, um, you know, he, he composed something for the, the Royal Wedding, etc. He's conducting some of his own work at the Macintosh Church on the 14th of June as well, so right. some big show pieces. We've we'll got Lindsay Smith doing... Torch Song Divas with Christina Dunwoody um, that's the 19th and 20th of June and the former children's laureate the very well known Julia Donaldson yes, uh-huh. who of course has written all the Gruffalo, the Gruffalo stories etc., yep. and the, the Billy Goat stories and, and is certainly one of the world's best selling authors now will be on in Mary Hill on June the 21st right. so it's also you know that we extended the boundaries of the West End Festival, it's now very much the Greater West End mm-hmm. 
So beyond Byers Road, there are events in Maryhill, Partick, Finneson, etc. So sure, lots and lots of venues. Compared to uh, how it started out, that's yeah. uh, it's quite a quite a growth. Uh, yeah. And taking in obviously Finneston, which is the the up and coming area. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, just the other side of of Kelvin Grove Park, there's a lot of activity um, going on there, and a lot of interest from people to take part and participate in the West End Festival, which is great. (laughs) Paperback and Kindle editions of Scott Doherty's best-selling Glasgow travel guide, We Glasgow, are available on Amazon today. Follow Scott on Facebook or see his Twitter feed at Top10Glasgow for more. And the festival obviously is, um, you've mentioned some of the, the really the highlight events uh, and the, uh, the events that pull a lot of people in, but is there a bit more to it than that? Are there smaller events here, there and everywhere? Of course, um, there are, oh there's a huge number of, of different strands, but um, I mean some of the the bars and restaurants put on events in their venues um, from poetry readings to musicals (laughs) (laughs) kind of um, dinner and and taking a a show at the same time Um, schools, outdoor events, quite a number of impromptu events too so um, yes it's all on the programme And and you you mentioned schools there are they uh, approaching you to, uh, to talk about the kind of things that they could do or is it the other way around? Well, it's a bit of both. Yeah. Um, we actively have an outreach programme. Some of the schools get involved in the, the, the parade. Um, because it's June, um, it's just, it's quite deliberately June, just before the, the schools stop for they holiday. Yep. Um, so we've certainly over recent years featured quite a number of the school orchestras, um, brass bands, wind bands, um string quartets etc so it's uh, yeah there's space for everybody yeah that's right (laughs) obviously what you're talking about it sounds very easy and straightforward but I'm sure that's not the case do you want to tell me a bit about some of the challenges that you're still facing in putting all this together Um, I think our biggest challenge is always funding Um, and after the, the electric gardens the success of the previous festivals um, we actually think there's a huge sponsorship opportunity for any organisation that wishes to consolidate their reputation um, in the West End particularly because um, you know the West End Festival does appeal to families um, and people of all ages so funding is is certainly always uh, a huge challenge I, I think people perhaps don't realise how much money we have to fork out um, for example for, for the big parade day to pay for road closures um, licences the clean up litter the big um, clean up after it, yes yeah. that's right not that it's it's you know particularly messy you know it's not like a, a, a festival in the field which is usually <laughs> Uh, with rubbish but we still have to pay for that we have to provide lunches for um, all of the police that that turn up and and, you know that costs money we've got to to pay for rooms for for 
them to be based in. Um, we were even asked to, to provide sunscreen yeah. um, for the police. I remember reading about that. That's which, right. was, <laughs> which we haven't really budgeted for. Uh-huh. Um, so if anybody wants to sponsor the, the police <laughs> sunscreen, that would be very welcome. Um, so yeah, the, there's a lot of costs involved in order to stage um, the event. Um, and that's a process, presumably, that goes through the, the entire year uh, and hits a point where you think, right, well, we've got enough. It, would there be a point, do you think, you know, if you hadn't got the level of funding that you needed, that would there be a risk to the festival? Or is it just you would pay it back? Well, we like to think that we're kind of canny um, and cautious. But, you know, sometimes we get thrown invoices um, that we haven't been expecting, particularly for things like the, the cleaning um, of the street, etc. So, yeah, we are careful. We don't, we don't take any risks that will jeopardise the longevity and sustainability of the, the festival. However, the, you know, it's a, it's a constant challenge um, to particularly as all the costs rise um, year on year on year. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting to, to think, well, it's just one of those fixtures on the diary now mm-hmm. that you just expect is going to happen, but, you know, that, that's why I, I wanted to find out that it's not, that that's just not the case. That yeah, there is I a mean, there were a couple of years, you may remember, where we didn't have sufficient funding to close Bars Road, yeah. and we we still had a parade, but it went through um, Kelvin Way That's right. and meandered through Kelvin Grove Park. Interestingly, you know, a lot of people liked that because um, it was spacious. The people that didn't like it, obviously, were the the traders and buyers. Exactly. But you know, we now have a a, a good relationship um, with them, and, and particularly since they have formed this traders association. Um, and in fact, the, the West End Festival featured in part of the, the bid application. So Brilliant. that's Brilliant. all been consolidated, which is good. Excellent. Something that you don't have to pay for, obviously, is the volunteers. <laughs> How many does it normally take to, to run the festival? Well, um, as many as we can get <laughs> would be the honest answer. Yes, we're very fortunate. We have a strong volunteer programme. and We're always... Looking for more, one of our, our volunteers, Gordon Phillip, coordinates all of that. So, for example, on parade day, we have volunteers handing out water, directing people to different um, events, answering questions, um, handing out brochures, manning stands, that kind of thing, um, as well as throughout the, the rest of the festival, attending other events, um, and doing box office duties, etc. So, and can you still volunteer, or is it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And how would you do that? Um, there is a bit on our website about it, but if you email volunteers at westendfestival.co.uk, um, we'd be delighted to to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun. I think that's we, we get volunteers who come back year after year after year 
because they say it's it's really fun. Sure. So sure. Um, particularly when the sun's out. And a lot of people would have got the taste for volunteering as well after the games. Indeed. Last year. Um, I think so. The, there's you know people get a lot out of it, um, a lot of fun, and and feel that they're they're making a contribution yes. which is valuable. Um, and we certainly couldn't operate without the the tremendous support we get from our volunteers. Uh-huh. And how many do you have this year, do you know? Um, I think we've got about 50 at the moment, but um, I need to check that. But generally, people come um, get in touch with us, particularly after exams. Yeah. And, you know, quite a lot of the students... Right. Uh, wait until their exams are, mm-hmm, are finished mm-hmm. and then decide whether or not we're staying in Glasgow or moving on. So That's right, that's right. So, um, there's other festivals sprouting up in Glasgow uh, here, there and everywhere um, using the West End uh, model as a bit of an inspiration. Do you have any advice that you can give to those festivals and those organising those festivals? Um, uh, how to build their, their reputation in the area and how to uh, to build from scratch? Um, I think involving the community. Um, the West End Festival has certainly been, you know, built its foundations on, on community-based work. Um, involving the community as much as you can and getting the support of local businesses, um, I think, is vital. To, to create the desire for the product. You sure. know, if you have that kind of grassroots desire to make it happen, then um, then generally you can you can build very well on that. And consultation, I think, is important. Letting people know what your plans are and what you would like to do and, and getting feedback, constructive feedback on that, then again, you're, you're much more likely to get good buy-in from, sure. from people. Sure, fantastic. Well, it's a bit of a, a success story to follow anyway. <laughs> so this year, um, you've obviously told us when the festival is. How do you pick up tickets and uh, keep up to date? Right, the brochures are now out um, and they can be picked up at various venues um, throughout the West End and in the city. Certainly the Tourist Information Office has them in the city centre. You can get them in Hillhead Library, Partick Library, um, all of the libraries actually, um, around the West End and most of the venues that are participating, in fact I'm sure all of the venues that are participating have a supply of them and, or more, Tinderbox, sure. all of those places. Mm-hmm. And to pick up tickets, would you um, go online for example? There are different ways to get tickets depending on the venue. I should also point out that we're very proud of the number of events which are completely free. Although some of them, it's probably advisable to to get a ticket. I mean, we're doing a a, a free concert at the the bandstand in Kelvin Grove. That's reopened, yeah. Yeah, throughout the festival. Um, And details are on the website regarding how to get tickets for each event. And certainly details in the brochure as well I mean some some events you can get tickets at the door sure and um, some events will will probably sell out in advance and therefore it's advisable to to get tickets in advance obviously the the festival Sunday is completely free to attend and see that spectacle we have a, a theme this year which is bloom bloom okay <laughs> which um 
can be interpreted by the, the groups who are participating, maybe that they won't, but we thought that that was quite um, an apt theme for this year since we uh, age 20, kind of fruition and, and whatnot. Yep. Yeah, website westendfestival.co.uk. Sure. Um, the number, telephone number for the West End Festival office is also on there, so people can can call if, if they need more information. And presumably keep up to date on social media as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got over 7,000 followers on our Facebook page. That is clearly a very immediate way to, to um, find out. I think we've got over 10,000 Twitter followers yep. now. So, yeah, that... And particularly when, um, when there might be changes or, for example, the, the three bandstand concerts that I was talking about, we will be announcing the line-up for these nearer the time right. and um, so that will be via social media and the and the website obviously Excellent And is there anything else? Well we're clearly um, very grateful for all the support that we get you know to enable the West End Festival to, to take place and happen every year you know we get tremendous support from residents businesses Glasgow City Council Glasgow Life we're very pleased at all the, the businesses that support us through advertising in the brochure. I've mentioned some of the key dates. Um, we should also say that this year's Gibson Street Gala mm-hmm. is actually happening the Sunday before our official opening. So right. while that grew and was born within the West End Festival, it's um, happening on Sunday the 31st of May. Is there a specific reason for that? Or just a- I think it um, has to do with other events that are going on. Um, outdoor events are increasingly popular, you know, with the cycle runs and, and whatnot, so street closures have to be planned well sure. advance. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And what normally happens at the gala day? Well, Gibson Street is closed. Um, it's a super day, actually. The um, a very much a, a family focus. There are stages where there's a full music program, um, which includes everything from some of the the school bands, um, excellent performances. There's also in the back court um, in Attica Street uh, has been turned into a performance area where previously we've had scenes from Romeo and Juliet, for example, being um, acted out one of the windows and <laughs> closes. Um, again, music, lots and lots of stalls. And of course, the Gibson Street too is well known for its um, broad range of restaurants, eateries and and bars so they all tend to spill out onto the street and it's a real party atmosphere so yeah it's an excellent day if you haven't been to that one I would commend it that's right and a soft opening to to give you a flavour of what's coming up yeah and hopefully getting the sun starting to to split the skies for the month of June that's right so is everything all pretty much teed up or is the next couple of weeks going to be a nightmare for you (laughs) well it'll certainly be very very busy Uh um you know, the the minute the brochure comes out, um, which tends to, to get the excitement going, yeah. then, of course, we're, we're busy organising um, lots, particularly because of the outdoor events that we have. You know, that, that takes particularly a, a lot of, of organisation and planning. You know, some of the areas we need to get 
generators in etc to mm-hmm. to ensure that everything runs smoothly mm-hmm. so it's, it's amazing to um, just listen to all of the the work that's behind uh, the festival uh, in early years of a festival you might imagine that uh, a big challenge is um, having done all that work wondering whether people will actually turn up but uh, I think that's you know, you're almost guaranteed a, a good crowd in the festival these days well yeah I think you're absolutely right when we kicked this off um, we did wonder well you know we've planned it will anybody actually turn up but I think the word has spread um, and certainly know of people that, that travel from different parts of the country to come through for um, not just the, the Festival Sunday but many of the other events as well which is, is great I think our reputation has spread um, we've kind of come of age <laughs> and you know, we're just so thankful to everyone that, that makes it happen and who gives so freely of their time and energy and all the creative ideas. Um, we always say there's no such thing as a bad idea, so we're always on the lookout for, for new strands. And, um, you know, you, just by looking at the programme, you can see how broad it uh, an appeal it has. So. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, Bring on the sunshine. Exactly, <laughs> and uh, hopefully it does stay exactly this like this kind of weather today. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing the uh, the program and booking my tickets for as many events <laughs> as I can. So, uh, thanks very much for your time, Liz. It's uh, been a uh, pleasure. And uh, you've been listening to Glasgow Conversations. You've been listening to Glasgow Conversations. For more interviews, subscribe on iTunes and visit the Top 10 Glasgow Guide.